Hello, everyone. I am glad to be here. Let me tell you, we all are. Hi, everybody. Hi, Donna. Hi, Lee. We have a very special guest with us, Glendine Grant. We like to consider her our friend. And we've known her for many, many years. We've known of her. She is a wonderful lady. And she's here with a very, very important, very important interview. And we're so honored to have her here. Um, Glendine, we're very honored to have you here. And Glendine Grant is Jesse Foster's mother. Jesse Foster is a missing person. She's been missing for 15 years. Um, we've like over the years, I've seen Glendine's work and um, you know shared the posts and and you know tried to get the word out just in my own little world, you know. And in the back of my mind, always knowing that her daughter, her daughter Jesse Foster, has been missing. And her full name, Jessica Edith Louise Foster. She's a Canadian woman. She disappeared in the Las Vegas Valley uh, in Nevada in 2006. And on March 24, 2006, was the last time Glendine heard her own daughter's voice. She was 21 years old at the time of disappearance. She has blonde hair and hazel eyes. And at the time, 5'6", weight 115 pounds. Her date of birth, May 27th, 1984. And we're going to include all that information and how you can get a hold of Glendine Grant or any of the investigators, the Gil Alba private investigator, as well as the North Las Vegas Police Department and Monica Kazon from Q Center for Missing Persons. That's all going to be included at, at, in the description. And uh, we'll be sure and share that around because this is so important. And I really, we want to hear from Glendine. So we're all going to just sort of, you know, listen to what Glendine has to say. And this will be a two-part interview. So this is part one today, and it's just running for about 45 minutes today. And the following one might roughly be the same, but that's the next Monday. So we hope that you'll join us for that as well. And we're just going to let Glendine just tell us about Jesse. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. It, it is exactly a week today before um, we hit the 15-year mark of Jesse's disappearance. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, Jesse was born May 27, 1984. She was actually born in Calgary, but raised in Kamloops. And um, we lived in the same house from the time Jesse was three years old until just a few years ago. I didn't really want to move while she was missing, but you know, you know, you ha you have to life goes on. So when Jesse was three, we moved from Calgary back to Kamloops, which is where I'm from. I have four daughters all together. Jesse's the second oldest. And uh, we just lived right across the street from the elementary school, same one that I actually went to when I was a kid. We lived just two blocks away from my parents, which is the same house I grew up in. And the, even back in, in the late 80s and the 90s, you know, things were still pretty pretty easy kids could come and go they hung out on the street with all their friends and rode their bikes and roller skated and I played a lot in the schoolyard across the street an awful lot we literally were directly across from the gate our gate from theirs and, and so it was a really nice time for them you know they they got to um explore more you know when i was a kid it was the olden days i'll say um, you know, just go home, go out, but be home before the street lights came on. Um, well, with my kids, it was a little more strict. 
I always needed to know where they were and I'd like to know who they were with. We always had the kind of open door for all the kids as friends. So at any given time, even if each of my kids only had one friend over, that's still, it's four extra kids. We put the locks on the pantry, <laughs> to be honest, because there was so many kids there at the school. But I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, you know, I'm mama to many kids uh, that grew up with my kids. They would spend the night, they'd come over after school. Um, I, I was also involved with their school somewhat where, you know, there wasn't anything that would go on uh, that we didn't attend. Uh, and to tell you the truth, you know, I couldn't even think of an excuse not to go considering how close we were and, and <laughs> you know, sometimes I'd try to get out of things and, and it was always Jesse, you know, like, no, mom, you gotta go. And, you know, when it came to little things like, you know, sending money for their lunch program, she would not seal that envelope until she saw specifically that there was enough money in there. If I was running short one week, I would have to put a little bit less in the other girls' envelopes because um, Jesse always, she always felt like we were well off. There was no excuse. Uh, yeah, she always kept me on my toes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> There's a little saying that her stepmom had about Jesse, and uh, because she was, uh, there was no flies on her. And I always say that because it just is so true. Uh, Jesse was always on the go. Uh, very popular and and my kids were involved in a lot of things you know like sports and dance and brownies and you know a lot of the things that you could put your kids into where um she became greatly involved she didn't just go and sit there on the outs you know on, on the outskirts she, she got very involved summer camp every year and um and very popular jesse was actually um invited to go a lot of places with a lot of her friends and a lot of their families because she was a very well-behaved child and and teenager and um she went she was went to mexico when she was 15 and um all she had to do was provide her own plane ticket which um she came home one day and said to my husband, her stepdad, Jim, will you, if I, you know, do whatever you say, will you pay for half of my flight to Mexico and I'll pay the other half? And Jim's like, well, that sounds fair. You know, you've got to keep up your chores and, you know, your grades and do all the stuff. Yeah, I'd gladly pay for half of your flight to go to Mexico. So <laughs> we're expecting that we were going to see some result and then that he was going to pay and then she'd go and, so two days later, she's like, Jim, you gotta go buy my ticket for for my flight to Mexico. You gotta send them, you know, your credit card number. I can't remember how they did it, but you know, they gotta pay for the ticket right away and we gotta all get our seats together. So we've gotta do it right away. Jim's like, well, I thought you were paying for half. She's like, well, I am, but they need the money right away and I haven't got it yet. So I was like, okay, Jesse. So he goes and he pays for her flight and, um, well, I think he's still waiting to be paid back. <laughs> you, know, oh, you know, she just she's always thinking that one, right? We always laugh about that. We laugh even with her about it, you know, like you're such a stinker. We're thinking, you know, he's got all this time and she already had her little plan and knew exactly 
you know, <laughs> she was going to get Jim to pay. And uh, and he did, and he didn't mind, you know. She was always such a well-behaved kid. You don't mind doing things, you know, if your child's going to, you know, always follow the rules and do well in school and, you know, have good friends. You know, so mm -hmm. we never minded. But, you know, she, yeah. Yeah, but uh, um, Jessie actually lived in Calgary till she was three and then we moved here but then she moved back when she was 16 because her dad and stepmom and family still live there and because she didn't oh, remember living in calgary she didn't really remember being around her dad a lot except as she was growing up over holidays and summers etc and, and they would always spend a lot of time with them so she asked if she could go to calgary and and, and do grade 11 school and then if she liked it, she would complete grade 12 there. And if she didn't, she'd come back and that would give her a chance to graduate with all the kids she went to school with since kindergarten. And uh, so mm -hmm. we decided that would be a good idea. She went to Calgary and liked it. So she stayed there and she graduated there. And um, you know, and actually she, she was more of a city girl, kind of like I am. I look at Kamloops as a smaller town. My husband looks at it as a city, but I look at it as a smaller town. I, I think of Calgary as my idea of a city and she just, she really liked it. You know, she liked the nightlife. She liked going to clubs and she loved to dance. She loved hip hop and uh, actually took hip hop dance lessons when she was still in high school. So she, you know, she always really enjoyed herself when she did things, you know. Um, it was always a group of a lot of girls there's always lots even at grade seven graduation there was probably eight of them that you know are all in, in a their cluster together and when she um graduated from high school it was the same thing she was with at least 10 or 12 other graduates and they had the big long limousine and you know it was she's always popular and fun and funny and um what what I'm wondering is if you guys had any specific questions though, that you would like to ask because I could literally just go on about everything yeah. with Jesse. I think it's just wonderful to hear, you know, because I've seen the you know the posters over the years, um, and you know since I first saw, you know, that Jesse's missing. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I just I wanted to hear about Jesse and who she is and like, you know as a person and as you know we're going to hear all about the uh the disappearance yeah. and the investigation and stuff the next interview so i thought this one would be just great just to get to know jesse you know and and experience that wonderful daughter that you that you have <laughs> you know well, well and that's like. the thing too there is so many um different instances where every time i think about what was going on at that specific time there was always so many other kids with her she was always surrounded by the you know groups of friends many of them the same friends obviously like her closest friends but there was always other girls that wanted to hang with them we had a trampoline in the backyard and that was back when trampolines were still a new thing and you were the cool family if you had one not everybody now everybody has them and um <laughs> You know, so we, we did, we had lots of friends that would come over. Um, all, you know, my my kids, um, 
cousins, you know, and all of their friends. And of course, when I have four daughters, you know, and a lot of the cousins and, you know, they have friends and they want to go over where the girls are, you know, so it was always fun. You know, we always had um, like movie nights. We had, we, we had a rack of videos because it was VHS back then. And there were so many movies that you couldn't even imagine. There was so many nights where they were just all cuddled up on the couches. And, you know, when you got two kids and two adults plus extras, you, you know, we had always had to have two couches in our living room. And there's always <laughs> kids on the floor. Um, it, it was just, it was wonderful. I can never think back to when my kids were young and when Jesse was, you know, growing up and, you know, from adolescence and teenhood um, until she moved back to Calgary. It was always such a pleasure to think of it because the kids that were always there, you know, there was, and trust me, I know, I've I've heard of what they did that I didn't know at the time, <laughs> but during during the actual <laughs> there, they were always very well behaved and I couldn't complain about anything. And, you know, when they told me about some of the stuff they snuck around, even if it was them drinking or sneaking outside to, you know, smoke joints or whatever they might've done as they started getting older, you know, it wasn't anything that was obvious. It was never the neighbors saying your kids were doing this. Jesse never got sent home by the school or in trouble with the principal. Uh, mm -hmm. She was actually, you know, an honor roll student many, many times over the years. She was on the honor roll. Um, but one of the things I think that if I was to remember most about what Jesse liked to do, uh, she really, well, she went from tomboy to girly girly at about the time that she went from grade seven elementary school into grade eight. And that's when she started a little bit of eyeshadow and growing her hair longer. But then she started doing hair and makeup and she could do it on her friends and on herself. And she did it so well and not heavy, you know, dark caked up makeup, but so subtle and, and just, just improving the beauty of her friends and herself. I was so impressed. Uh, you know, when she could do hair, she always had different hair colors and hairstyles and, you know, different kinds of braids and you name it. And, you know, she changed her look so many. And as a matter of fact, just to jump ahead a minute, it was kind of good that she did because it gave us a lot of different looks of Jessie when it did come time to make our posters for her. So we mm -hmm. could have long, dark hair, dark hair pulled up, blonde hair you know, curly hair, wavy hair, straight hair. And um, so I was always really glad that she was so inventive in the different looks that she had. Um, but she, mm -hmm. she would always do her friend's makeup. I even, um, when she wasn't quite sure what she wanted to do for a career, I um, many times suggested to her that she go to school, learn how to do hair, get a license, learn how to do nails makeup and do it with a license and as she decided what her full career was because she always said she loved doing it but that's not something she would do for the rest of her life that could put yeah. her cool if she did she talked about being a lawyer and she had other thoughts and i thought well you could do that while you went to school to become whatever you choose and and i was mm -hmm. always you know kind of you know boosting her to to do that on a more um professional level be level because she was so good at it 
you know, I mean, for myself, this this is mom with hair and makeup done, but with Jessie, you know, <laughs> there's not a picture that you see of her. She might have looked like she just crawled out of bed or, you know, was having a bad day, you know. Every picture you see of Jessie is, you know, beautiful. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I'll also point out that um, Jessie did wear braces for many years. You can sort of see when she was little and she would smile and, you know, and then as she got older, the smile was more with the lips closed because mm -hmm. as she started being more um, self-aware and not really liking her teeth, she would sm smile like that. So um, as she got older and she had braces and then when the braces came off and she had little caps and then the next thing you know, she's got the teeth and the smile of a movie star. <laughs> you never saw her without a big toothy grin ever and and yeah. you know, just gorgeous beautiful and then those teeth just you know and and i always remember anywhere we go that's the one thing she always noticed i always noticed people's hair because i took a hairdressing course and she always noticed mm -hmm. people's teeth <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's how things are though right when you're a pro yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i sure do miss her she had a couple of habits that um, I used to say, Jessie, when she did them. Now I go, oh, Jessie, now what? She could belch. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she could do the alphabet. <laughs> she could do sentences. And um, <laughs> another thing she could do, and it's, true uh, <laughs> it's even worse, is that girl could spit. I don't know how. I try to spit. Okay, this is crude and way off topic, and I end up with the drool down my chin. <laughs> I, I cannot. She could. I don't know how she did it. And this I, is embarrassing, but I can definitely relate. The burping and the spitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't know where she learned it from. Oh my goodness. Oh, isn't that funny? And well, here's here's a little story about Jessie with her belching. When she moved to Calgary, um, MSN Messenger was kind of all the rave back then. So instead of you know just typing to people, now you could actually have little video chats, and it was it was new. And she would be on with one of her sisters, and I could be in the kitchen cooking supper, and I could hear Jessie and Katie or whoever she was with, with Jenny or anybody, just talking. And it was just like she was in the other room with her. And then all of a sudden, I hear the big belch, right? <laughs> I'm like, it's like, she's in the other room, but she's in Calgary. And this was back, you know, in the year, like maybe 2000, 2001. So it was still very young um it's old news now to have that but oh man i just you know it's making me get teary i just thinking but what a silly thing to to get you know sentimental over but you know but that girl had no, that's, that's the good stuff right like that's the good stuff and yeah it is you know it, it really you know this just brings you know who she is um really to me to life right because yeah. um i had no idea you know what i mean um it well, sounds like you she look at her pictures and she's this beautiful pristine looking woman you'd think she would just be yeah. nope <laughs> Belgium, that's that's awesome i mean yeah. it sounds like she had a great sense of humor Very. and that 
while she was growing up. That's probably why she was so popular, you know, because. Yeah, I agree. Um, Thank you. Girls, you know, they need people that are not afraid to be themselves. And people actually love that, especially when, especially younger people, I think, you know, when you're a teenager, you know, or preteen and someone's, um, someone's just really sure of themselves and they, they exactly. kind of lift everybody else around them. Yes. You know, of course, it's, it's know, like they're a magnet. It is. Mm -hmm. I agree a hundred percent that that's, so many kids, uh, um, preteen, early teens, um, you know, as they're starting to come out of their shell and, and breaking away from the family core a little bit and, you know, going places without mom, dad or siblings a little bit more, um, they don't have a great deal of confidence for the most part, many do, but many also don't. And um, the one thing that Jessie was, um, she was very confident and, you know, always never minded, um, you know, she's never worried about being the first one, you know, to ask a question. Um, she didn't mind if she fell, <laughs> you know, she'd be the, you know, jump up and be laughing the hardest at herself, you know, for stumbling, you know. Um, well, I never mentioned what a great athlete she was. Uh, high jump was probably one of her strong suits when it came to track and field. She was on the front page of our newspaper uh, when she was oh, yeah. in grade seven, uh, her last track meet in elementary school. Um, yeah, very athletic. And like I said, she was very into dance too. And, and that's also not something you can do, you know, unless you have the athletic gene, which I don't. <laughs> I'm not I don't. <laughs> I'm not athletic. <laughs> no. no, I'm not either. That's you awesome. Know, the kids came to ball with us a lot. When my kids were all younger, my younger two kids, our younger two kids came with us all the time. And um, though the older ones did from time to time, at that point, you know, when you're 15 years old, you don't hang around with mom and dad, mom and stepdad as much as as nowadays and you know i can't get rid of my kids now <laughs> but uh you know, <laughs> younger ones they used to love to come with us and jesse would come and it was always so great to have her there cheering us on and and just being such a good sport about everything and um yeah just so many things that i could i, I just miss so many things about her that it's again hard to believe you know it's hard to believe it's been 15 years you know th this is a really weird day for me with it like I said about my mom and then right. you know, next Monday being 15 years for Jesse but we also have another um uh <laughs> and this one's fresher it's like you notice how I didn't quite tear up a lot yet about my mom after 23 years and and Jesse after 15 because you know you do learn to live with things but a year ago on the 30th my uh my grandson's uncle took his life and um I'm sorry. It's been a hard yeah. year. It's been a very it's, hard year. He was way too young, and um, it was way too unexpected. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, right there, you know, and, and it just it compounded. Oh, you know, March. <laughs> you know, my best friend also passed away on March 11th, five or six years ago now. And and I'm I'm just as long as we can keep all this uh tragedy in in one month i, I think i'll be okay but but yes um, <laughs> you know Jared's beautiful soul it's has hard. um yeah very hard it was my grandson took it so hard um jesse didn't didn't know um 
my sons in laws or, or their families or anything because you know she went missing so many years ago. But you know, mm -hmm. it, uh, Jake came into our lives, and and you know, I became a grandmother with my other daughter's first child just within the last the next year after um, Jesse went missing. So mm -hmm. they've been in our lives ever since and they've seen our, our journey through all of it and they love jesse as much as everyone else do even though they didn't know her um when she was right, still right. in you know in kamloops and uh and but uh it it definitely um it's hard my grandson it was his only blood uncle and um he does he's only got uh the only aunts he had were on my side because his dad only had one brother no sisters and so mm -hmm. um and then seeing the pain in my son-in-law and then my daughter, it's been, it's been uh, the the way that we've been going through this month is trying to, uh, or this year is trying to help them guide them through their pain as much as possible. And um, but, you know, we still have, we still have Jesse, we still have our have mom, and those, yeah. But today, today is oh, about Jesse, but mom's on my heart. Yeah. And it's no wonder, you know, it's, these things are hard and, you know, that's a lot to be dealing with and, you know, the emotions that would come with that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just, you know, that's why I say you're incredibly strong to be doing this. Um, you have to be, to be able to keep go to be able to do what you've done. Um, you know, I just find that, you know, like when we were speaking on the phone the other day and, you know, you were saying, you know, hey, I mean, pain is pain. You know, I don't consider myself to be special, you know, but I think you really are. <laughs> You've helped a lot of people and your strength is, you know, it, it is help. It, it does make a difference, but it's okay well, to cry too. Say, yeah. I, it's okay. I hear what you're saying, Gloria, but I, I kind of, I still, again, I don't quite agree with it because, um, Everybody's like, oh, I couldn't do what you're doing. I couldn't do what you're doing. And, and I, but you know what? Guess what I said 16 years ago? I couldn't do what I'm doing. So how could we know what we're capable of until, you know, we're, we're put into that position? And and I do believe that everybody has that strength. And I do believe that, you know, and, and I just happen to be uh, the kind of person that talks a lot. So when Jesse went missing, I just, it, it was a, it was good that I did talk a lot, and that I wasn't shy to talk in front of people, and that things came easy um, to me that way. But um, just because I can do that, it doesn't mean that a mom who has been shy all her life, or maybe you know, is just a little more quieter than I am, um, doesn't mean that they don't have the same strength. You know, yeah. we all store strength in different ways. I, yeah. I think too, uh, uh, one of the reasons that everything happened the way they did in Jesse's case, it's not that I, um, it, it, I mean, I, I don't know if I would have made as much of a difference if Jesse went missing today because of how much everybody knows about human trafficking and, and more about missing persons and, and all the organizations now. 15 years ago, mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot. 15 years ago, we... You know, like we had, you know, yeah. let's see if we can get Montel Williams or America's Most Wanted, you know, that kind of thing. There was the Doe Network and, you know, we didn't even have NamUs then, you know, like, so there was so many things that hadn't happened and human trafficking was basically, um, I, well, let me put it this way. I kind of felt like people were letting me say what I had to say 
were they but they were thinking well just let her talk she's i'd be crazy too if my kid was missing but it's not because they're like oh we need to learn about this it's a horrible crime it's kind of like right she's allowed to be crazy her kid's missing and now everyone's like that's not crazy that's happening and it's big and it's huge and it happens more yeah. than anyone yeah. knew but 15 years ago the north las vegas police department where jesse went missing um when I mentioned human trafficking to the detective on her case, told me that I was mistaken. Human trafficking happened on the Strip. It didn't happen in little old North Las Vegas. So even the cops had no idea back then. And uh, and I know for a fact it happened everywhere. And they had just yeah, housed right. in Las Vegas. And she is a victim of human trafficking. So I knew that he was wrong, you know. But mm -hmm. that's just differences in how you know and, and uh, this is just how we are now we know more we know that human trafficking is yeah. real it's definitely evolving I mean, it's you know and, and and this is a good thing because mm -hmm. seriously like um you know i mean look i mean some of the missing person cases i know lee roberts she's done a lot of work with uh, missing and identified uh through the years volunteering with not-for-profits and stuff and i mean some of those cases are a hundred years old they're yeah. still looking like some of these, you know, they're calling them Jane Doe or whatever, or John Doe. Um, still Doe in the box. There's so many. From a hundred years ago, you know. Um, this has been going on for a long, long time. <laughs> but now we're yeah. talking about now it. Now there's, there's like a, a place now. It's called the Internet. You know, in a second, everybody can hear about, you know, the latest missing child and Amber excuse me an amber alert isn't just um a flash across the highway anymore now it's you know you're getting alerts on your phones you're getting alerts on your computers and if you're on facebook or twitter or anywhere you're seeing all the notices and it's just it's just amazing it's just amazing i know um mm -hmm. like we were going to just talk about before she went missing um today um but one of the things that I did want to kind of uh, make sure that I mentioned today um, is that the people that did take Jessie, she did meet in Canada. She did meet them in Calgary before she went missing, before she um, we knew anything that was going on. And um, and if it's okay, I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about how she met the people that ended sure. up. Um, doing yeah, all this. Absolutely. Now, as, as I said, Jessie really liked her hip hop and uh, she would go to a lot of hip hop dances and um, she dated a guy who was a disc jockey and he would actually put on shows all around different venues in Calgary and she went to lots of them. And at, um, at some of these dances, um, shows, I'm, I'm old, I call them dead. At some of these um, shows, <laughs> I started meeting different people. And one of the people that she met was, um, now, am I allowed to say first and last names? Absolutely. At, at one of these dances, she met a guy named Donald Vaz. And Donald Vaz befriended Jesse. Um, even um, when Jesse and I talked about him prior to all of this, she would just say, he's just a friend. Um, you know, he doesn't, like me in that way, there's nothing going on. He's got a girlfriend, I've got a boyfriend and all that. But he did show a lot of interest in Jesse. Now, a couple of things happen <clears throat> that um, I put together in my own head uh, without Jesse confirming them. But um, 
she did tell me one time about how she was at one of these um, shows and somebody had a weapon and the weapon was drawn and, and the gun was fired and um, all this chaos happened. And, and it was right around that same time that she had mentioned Donald and um, I, it, and then because of everything that happened, I'm, I've always assumed that Donald was the person with the gun at that show. Now, um, I was scared to death that Jesse was anywhere that a weapon was discharged. Yeah, she was, no kidding. She was 20 years old. She thought it was, nobody was hurt. Nobody, she thought it was neat or something or cool. I, I don't know what she thought, but didn't frighten her away from going, didn't frighten her away from the person. It didn't, um, you know, no, nothing, you know, made her not want to go again or meet this guy again. And so, Shortly after that, um, Jesse came back to Kamloops and she put all of her stuff in storage because she was coming back to Kamloops for a little bit of an extended visit. And um, so all of her stuff was in a storage unit in Calgary. And she came here and um, so this is and this is again why I'm I'm connecting him to all this. Um, shortly after she was here, she starts getting phone calls from this Donald Vaz and he's asking her if she would like to go on a trip. You know, like, but I always go trip um, because it was a free trip and it was a trip down to Florida and he was going to pay and it was going to be, oh, we'll go visit my mom down in Florida and not pay. And, and I just want, I just don't want to go alone. And I'm telling her, you know, nothing's free. And he, what does he want? And he obviously likes you in some way and he wants to be with you or something. And so, um, you know, she's telling me, Mom, it's okay. And so she went. She was 20 years old. I couldn't stop her from going. And yeah. um, so she she went and she came back and she had pictures of the most funnest looking trip. You know, all the things that you would do if you were in Florida and on the Keys and in Fort Lauderdale and and all around. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I overreacted. And um, so Jesse ended up getting two jobs in Kamloops. Um, one was a server at um, at a very exclusive golf course, and one was a server at Boston Pizza. And so then she was invited to go on another trip, and I'm telling her, "Well, you can't. You know, you just got jobs. You can't go. Uh, oh, I won't be long. I'm going to go this time. He wants to take me to Atlantic City, and uh, and, and it's free. And um, so she goes and. Um, the day before, the night before they were supposed to come home, I get a phone call from Jesse, and she's not upset and she's not mad. She's just matter of fact, telling me that uh, Donald had just made the horrible suggestion to her that um, he he had lost all the money. Like I said, they went to Atlantic City, they went gambling, he lost all of his money, and now they had to go home the next day. They didn't have any money to for food or anything. And so how would you like to turn a quick trip trick and prostitute yourself and get us uh, some money for our trip home? Mm. And Jesse got all offended and went down into the lobby of the hotel. And the hotel was actually in Manhattan and went down to the lobby, which is where she phoned me from. And now I am absolutely beside myself. I'm freaking out. He's gonna try to prostitute her. And um, so she's trying to now, she's probably wishing she hadn't called me, you know, uh, because I'm mm -hmm. saying, 
got to get another room. You got to do the, you know. And she's like, no, mom, I'm just going to go back up to the room. We're leaving in the morning. Everything will be fine. I'm not afraid of him. He's just being an asshole. He's not. I'm not afraid of him. So we hung up and she went back up to the room with a guy who wants to pimp out my daughter. I um, didn't sleep much. Anyways, the next morning she called me and she says she's all excited and all happy and oh mom we're going to las vegas and i said no you, what do you mean you're going to las vegas you're coming oh no we're going to las vegas and everything's fine and not to worry and oh my god i'm thinking las vegas is you know in city mm -hmm. and um so now i am absolutely freaking i said to her call me the moment you land and she did and um the moment she landed in las vegas well the day it was uh, it was actually may 13th 2005 and it was two weeks exactly before jesse's 21st birthday which was may 27th mm -hmm. and 21 legal age you know las vegas she's like mom i'm gonna stay until my birthday and um and then that's it. I mean, everything from there is almost like it was written in stone. There was no turning back. There was no getting Jesse back. There was no, you know, change in anybody's mind. It's like they had everything already planned. And and it was almost like um like a movie, you know, like here, meet a guy, here's your boyfriend, you know, it turns out to be a pimp. It was just like a horrible movie. And um we saw, we did see her one more time after she went there. She did come home several months later for Christmas of 2005, but it was a, a short-lived visit. It was a sudden departure to go back to Las Vegas, and we never saw her again. And, you know, we talked to her every day uh, until the night of uh, March 28, 2006, and then we never heard from her again 15 years ago next Monday. And, um, you know, I mean, of course, you know, we're going to talk a lot about that next week. Um, but it's everything that you would see in a movie. It's everything that, a, you know, some exciting script would be written about. And that's why it was so easy to suck her and so many other young women in. They make it the most exciting, the most brilliant, the most fun thing they've ever done. Yeah. There's several ways they do it. If a girl is um, a drug addict they just give her drugs if she mm -hmm. is if she's poor they just give her money yeah but for jesse she was neither poor nor on drugs so she was love bombed and mm -hmm. that means that they gave her a pimp to make fall in love her to fall in love with and the term mm -hmm. is an actual term and it's called love bombing and jesse thought that this guy fell in love with her just like she did him. She felt right. like they were gonna get married and um, that was it. She, there, was, there was just no getting her back after that. And when she did try to leave, she went missing. And mm -hmm. um, it, it's almost what, I thought Jesse's case was one in a million cases. Like how could this happen? Mm -hmm. And now I know she is one of millions of cases yeah she's not unique her case is not one in a million her case is 
constant. Yeah. 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 And, that, so, and that's, that's a sad story. It is. It's, it's actually really, it's just so heartbreaking. And the thing is, is like, I, um, you know, for, it's like there was, you know, you couldn't just, you know, as a mother, drag her back. She's an adult woman. Yeah. At that point, she can make her decisions, right? It's not like when you have, a, you know, if you have a child who's 14, 15, you know, you, you have parental control and you can say, look, you know, no, sorry, you're coming home with me. When you have someone, a daughter who's 20, 21 or a son who's 20, 21, they're, they're, they're adults. They can do whatever they want. Exactly. You're just hoping and praying that they're, that they are, that they, that they truly know what they're getting themselves into. And this happens. It happens all the time. You're right, Glendy. We see There's the headlines. And I got to, uh, because we still have a few more minutes, I'm going to tell you how I do know what happens all the time. It's because when Jesse went missing, I heard about another case from the year prior. A young woman mm -hmm. went missing May 5th, 2005. And as you know, that's just days before Jesse was taken there. If I showed mm -hmm. you a picture of Lindsay Marie Harris, you would know it's not Jesse. But if I was to tell you she was, you know, five foot seven, 115 pounds, blonde hair, uh, you might think I was describing Jesse. And right. um, she went missing and um, she wow. was well, found um, deceased. Uh, she was identified three years later. She was found three weeks later in Illinois, halfway across the country from where she went missing in Henderson, um, Nevada. But um, she was also taken. She was taken to Las Vegas from um, New York, and she was forced into prostitution by a pimp who she thought was her boyfriend, and her parents thought was her boyfriend. And when she finally started getting strong, she went missing. And unfortunately for everybody, um, Lindsay was murdered. And um, which is what yeah. a lot of people think happened to Jesse. I I won't um, go there yet, just like Lindsay's mom, uh, you know, needed to have proof. She believed it happened, but needed the proof. But, you know, it's just something That's right. that the stories are just too much alike and they've been connected in the news since Jesse went missing. You know, I mean, there was an article in the Las Vegas Sun, um, something like mutual fears when their daughters go missing or something. And they were speaking of Jesse and Lindsay's stories. And this right. was back in 2006. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's just, you know, people, for anybody listening to this, you know, this is something that is just, it's happening right under everybody's noses and seriously you know um getting you know share the posts take a look at the pictures take a look at the photos take a look at the people the perpetrators and see who these people you know you may know something you may know somebody you may have you may know something that you didn't even know that you knew that you that is part of the that's, that's going to be the key to the case so that's yeah. why it's so important for everybody to just take a look and you know and and share this share this share jesse's story you know and you know she's out there somewhere right yeah. and i'm praying and hoping that she's alive but you know she's still out there somewhere right so well i, I figure it's a lot harder to hide somebody who's alive than it is because you know if 
when whenever somebody I mean, does, especially in Las Vegas, you know, bodies turn up in the desert often. And if she's alive, yeah. they keep moving her, right? So Yeah. Well, this is it. Like, you know, and it's just awful. I'm from New Mexico and Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. And that's a huge uh crime ridden uh, you know, nothing against New Mexico. I love New Mexico, but the issue is, is Albuquerque, Phoenix, New, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, LA is all connected with uh, human trafficking, guns, drugs, and people go through there like, you know, you wouldn't believe. So this is the thing, you know. That's right. And the thing about Albuquerque too, and the Mesa and all those women whose bodies were found buried there, um, you know, they were all, uh, many of them chose prostitution to feed a drug habit or to feed their children mm -hmm. but many of the women who were victims were yes they were pimped out they were trafficked yeah, yeah. i saw that article and i was just like oh i couldn't well it's not that i couldn't believe it because i know it's true yeah. this stuff is happening you know and what they you know i know that you we have to we have it's been about 45 minutes so i know we have to yes kind of cut it yeah. Well, I just was going to mention too, Jesse's DNA was sent down there when they were trying to identify all those remains. And, you know, and, and I am obviously happy to to say that, you know, she was excluded. But, um, you know, and that's what happens. Her, It's not the first and it won't be the last time that her DNA gets yeah. sent. Right, right. It's an ongoing investigation. That's right. Yes. Well, you know, thank you so much for coming to joining us here, Glendine. We really are so happy that you that you spent this time with us. I'll speak for all of us because we love Jesse. <laughs> we absolutely do. And I knew I, I knew I knew about you and I knew about Jesse for a long, long time. Not probably since 2006, but roughly 2009, yeah. 2010 is when I started to see the wow. information out there and my heart is with you and my heart's with Jesse and I'm praying that she's that she's actually found alive and safe and that's what I'm praying for and you know um because that would be the best outcome right yeah. <laughs> so of course but so many Sometimes people love I hear Jesse. her saying mom I can't believe everybody in the world knows who I am <laughs> well you know with she's just so she's so beautiful and like when you just see her picture who couldn't love her yeah. You know what I mean? Like who couldn't? What a beautiful yeah. daughter! And I, my, like I said, my heart goes out to you. And um, uh, I, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. We're gonna put this everywhere. It's gonna go all over the place. And I hope that every single person that listens to this, be brave and share it. You know what I mean? So many times people are afraid to share this type of information because they think, well, what are people gonna think if I share something like this? You know what? Doesn't matter what people think. Just share it anyway, right? and get this information out there right and then you know contact me and be sure and show up for the next one too because we're going to have some very 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 important information about the disappearance and what just what what gwendine's been doing with with the uh, jesse's law and a whole bunch of other stuff that's come of this right so join us here again next monday same time same place right thank you thank you all thanks everybody and i, I wish you a really good day and i know it's a hard day for you but you know my heart my heart, my prayers are with you. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay.